Broadcasting live around the globe from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. This is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, and I will be presenting reports and evidence of some of the most astonishing paranormal claims. I'm joined by my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and our director and producer, Miguel Cantu, who'll be monitoring the chat room and phone line. We have a fantastic show for you tonight that will open your minds to the infinite possibilities to explain our universe. Get comfortable and prepare yourself for the best paranormal show in the world. This is Paranormal Analytical. and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. We have a great show for you tonight, at least. You know what? We hope we do. Have my co-host, uh, Dylan Holiday. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> yeah, and and we're, we're laughing right now because uh, there, there's always uh, an issue that goes on, of course, as you know, with, uh, with the show, whether it's audio or video or, or, or something going on. But... Uh, we're going to do the best we can. We've got uh, Dan Lefave. Uh, he's the owner of the Old Park Hotel. And he's attempting to connect right now. So with a little bit of luck, you know, we'll have him on the show here in just a little while. And uh, I'm going to keep a check to see if he shows up. And as soon as he does, we'll get him added into the show. But, uh, you know, that's basically what the show's going to be today. We, we hope. <laughs> so this week this week has been pretty hectic for all of us. I think that this week's been the hardest week for all of us in a lot of aspects. I had an injury. You guys have been running across God's green earth for some other plans that you have with the show. Well, this is also, you know, we're, we're working on, uh, of course, filming Anunnaki here. We're going to be doing the sizzle reel real soon. Well, you know, we were supposed to, you know, have a guest who unfortunately couldn't make it. And, um... We were going to talk about Anunnaki. We were going to talk about a lot of the films, and hopefully, we can have somebody on in the future where we can talk about the films and the series and all that. But this week has just been—it's been so rough. Doesn't it feel like somebody's been setting us up, Eddie? Uh, it, it's a constant setup for us. It, it, every every week is a struggle of some sort. But you know what? With every struggle, it just makes us stronger. And, and I and I've got to—I've got to keep going with that. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean. 
you're tired, I'm tired, we're all tired, you know. Um, but but we we would like to uh, say for Dan, uh, Dan is his name, right? Dan. Right, Dan Lafave. Great, I remembered. See, you uh, I, I can't write anything down. I don't have any notes this week. Um, we're happy that he could be with us. Hopefully, we can get him in here. Um, you know, I'm nursing a dislocated shoulder still. You know, so this is this has been just an absolute hell of a week for all of us um, here at Paranormal Analytical, and um, I mean, Eddie, how how do you feel about about filming? Like, how, you know, you guys are finally filming. You're finally out trying to find locations. You're finally fulfilling your dream. A lot of people might not know this, but these people who have been here for a long time do know that you are a writer. And you're a very talented writer, might I say. So, Well, thank you. I appreciate that. How does it make you feel now that you're actually out there filming on locations and, and getting a, a roster of actors and talent together? It feels good. It really does. Um, we just had an issue. They just uh, told us with the echo, but I think we've got that fixed now. I, I just uh, forgot to mute one of you because I've got several of you over here, oh, if yes. that makes any sense. You're, you're a doppelganger. No, no, I, know. I know how that um, paging works. Wow. So we had an echo problem. Wow. How great. How fantastic. But no, no, that, but the echo problem, that, that was my fault. Okay. I'll, I'll take that though? one. It, it should be resolved? fixed now. It should be fixed. Great. Um, who do we have watching with us? Do we have, uh, Sue and Emily and the whole crew in there yet? Or we have, are they still piling in? Yeah, we have Emily, we have, uh, Deborah and we have Anne Maria. So yeah, we've got, uh, we've got someone here. We've got five actually, but, uh, oh, and we have Sue. Sue's here. Hi, Sue. You know what this is? This is me filibustering at my finest, okay? So, That's what this is. Um, oh, man. If, so you guys have also noticed we're down a co-host this week. Yes. Unfortunately, Renee can't make it this week. But, but well, he's going to try. Renee's actually going to try. He ended up getting called back out to work. And uh, they, they called him back because he had to run out and fix a network problem. So with the network problem, there's no telling, you know, how long it's going to take him to run that down and get that fixed so hopefully he'll be back in here real soon yeah he is he is mr fix it that's for sure anytime i have a problem i message him and i ask him how i can fix it i'm, I'm in the process of getting wi-fi to my garage and he's the reason that i can do that he helped me out explain to me how to do it and it's actually pretty easy all you need to do is get another uh another modem to run your wi-fi it's easy but um sue did ask uh how you're on the, how are you on the mend how, how are you feeling I am feeling great, Sue. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of pain in my left arm, but um, I, I decided to take my sling off. I haven't worn my sling in two days. I was only supposed to wear it for three days. I've been exercising it and getting getting back into what I was doing before. So I think I'm going to make a pretty good recovery. I apologize. There's animals. It's great. It's just a great show already. It really is. Um, I would like to thank, though, everybody who came out to the paranormal news and who has been coming out to the paranormal news lately for those of you who don't know i do my own little bit at random times when i get a news story i go on facebook and i just do my news story and uh, a lot of you guys turn out and i want to say thank you for that because obviously i'm not eddie obviously some of you guys come to see eddie's pretty face but it makes me so proud that my some of you are coming to see my pretty face well i i hope they got something better to do than to look just look at my pretty face oh my god that, that's well that's see that's that's what my philosophy has been is is god you know uh i was talking to you yesterday about this i was looking at all the views on the videos and i said our show on you know thursdays consistently consistently does a decent amount of people 
uh, you know, within like 500 to 1,000 people just from Facebook alone. Now, my show on Facebook does like 50 to 70, which is such a fantastic number for one guy talking to himself for 10 minutes, you know? So I do want to thank you guys for bearing with me as I'm learning the ropes of all of this and the radio equipment and, and all that, because I am, I'm a noob. I'm four months into this business, you know, and I think I'm handling it like a champ, if I may say so myself. But um, it has been. I'm still working with Dan. Hang on. Just keep the conversation going, Dylan. I'll I'll, be with you in a minute. I'll keep filibustering. So um, to give you guys an insight into who Dan is and and what Dan does, um, I don't know much, but I will tell you what I do know. he, he is the owner of the Old Park Hotel. That is O-L-D-E Park Hotel. Um, it's a hotel in Ballinger? Ballinger, Ballinger. Ballinger. Yeah, Ballinger, Texas. Ballinger, Texas. Um, and you can actually go to their website, which is oldpark.com. And... Um, God, these animals. <laughs> it never stops. Um, and you can see they they do tours. They do, you know, regular stuff. There's ghost stories. It, it really is. Um, there's, there's a lot with this hotel. Um, to my understanding, yeah, there's ghost stories, which I want to hear about. Um, which is why we're having Dan on, if we can, if we can get all of this stuff to work for us. Um, but, uh, yeah. What are you? What are you most curious for, Eddie? You think you're most curious for uh, for the ghost stories or hearing about some crazy hotel? You know, because with every hotel, not just the ghost stories, I want to hear some of the people stories. You know, hotels are one of those things. You know, <laughs> the people you well, see. Well, the, the Old Park Hotel actually went live out there one time, and uh, Elsa did some filming of me while I was out there talking about the Old Park, and we were on our way to Colorado. We we're dropping my daughter off. And uh, the place is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it, you, you go over there, and it really gives you the feeling of going back in time. They, they've done such a great job remodeling it. And, and it's, a, you know, it's a labor of love because it, there's so much work to do on these old hotels like that to get them restored and get them looking good. And, I mean, they've done such a wonderful job. And, and they, they actually have uh, where you can take your team and go over there and, and uh, do investigations and stuff like that throughout the night, you know, for a small fee. And you have the whole, the entire hotel to yourself. So I think that's really good that they can actually do that. Uh, they have uh, different types of tours they do there. Uh, There's just so much that they do with that place. And they really work hard to keep it going. And uh, hello, Anne Maria. How are you doing? I'm glad that you made it on here. And also, uh, Sue and... Uh, Shannon Aguilar, Deborah. Oh yeah, we've got Emily. We've got we have everybody on here. Hey, and just to make sure, the echo is fixed, right? We don't have any more echo. That's just the one thing I want to make sure of. I am the echoer, so you guys can listen. If I'm echoing, please post in the chat box description, whatever. What do they call it on Facebook? Comments, and and let Eddie know so he can fix it. Because Eddie's trash sometimes, and you know he just has to deal with it. <laughs> uh, but I have here the website picked up uh, for the for the old park hotel, and it says here uh, uh, there, there's a picture. It's an old like western looking picture. It says this was a time uh, that where there were no electrical sidewalks or roads uh, existing in town, and the buildings. Um, 
which were just a house at a time. Um, apparently, this building was used as a bunkhouse. It was also used uh, for the railroad workers. Uh, the building was used for various purposes in the town, including a schoolhouse, a meeting house, a Hampton Seacrest owned Hampton Seacrest owned the building um, known as the Three Sisters Hotel. Uh, the other owners later added parts and additions um, to the original courthouse, wooden panels, um, yada, yada, yada. Shh, a lot of information, history and stuff and stuff and things that I don't know. That was, hey, that's pretty good. Though. We didn't start the fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's a train um, We have CMO, resorted to you singing. Weeks to sing. Yeah, we, 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 you've been asking me for weeks to sing, so that's what you get. My so little, we get, so we get, uh, we get old Billy Joel, don't, do we? Yeah, that, that, that was my bit for the week. Um, so the, the hotel building, whatever it was, 30 billion times, um, it came into ownership of Dan and Connie uh, Lafave in 2016, um, and they've turned it into a bed and breakfast. And um, there's a lot of pictures on this website. Um, you I, see, I, I, I like the part that it was a brothel at once. Yeah, so it has just a list of stuff that it was pretty much. Um, and that's that's the thing. I really love all these old houses and old hotels and, and things like that. Like the buildings that were... We, well, okay, I'll talk about this. There's a building around me called Hillview Manor. Hillview Manor was a mental hospital. It was um, a correctional facility. It was a regular hospital. Hillview Manor was a lot of things. Um, it's considered to be haunted as hell. A lot of shady stuff went down there. Um, and it's one of these buildings where it's so old that, like, I find it hard to believe something suspicious isn't happening there. Um, it's just one of those places, if you guys want to look that up, it's a fantastic place you know i talk about often how eddie gets all the good luck with you know being from texas they have all the haunted stuff but i've been thinking about that and lately my area has a lot of these landmark locations and i'm so happy about that um and i've been researching them and looking into them and i've been finding some cool stuff um you know but anytime you have a mental hospital it has to be haunted those people those poor souls, you know, they don't want to be there. So it, I feel like it has to be haunted. Um, <clears throat> it was also the the uh, ugh, the old park hotel was also a house, restaurant, music store, cowboy lounge, meeting house, schoolhouse, antique store, and held various other purposes. I assume being a brothel. Um, so so oh, real quick, I'm gonna let you know. Uh, we're gonna try and get Dan in through Skype. And uh, we won't have uh, any type of uh, video on him, you know, but we will, you know, hopefully have some audio here real soon. So you guys will hear when he calls in. So this is me filibustering, guys. I am trying so hard. I am really trying here. Um, <laughs> I am so sore, you cannot imagine. And Eddie is loving every second of this. He's exhausted. I'm dead. Renee's oh, missing. <laughs> well, yeah, Renee's MIA, you know. And uh, today, uh, Patrick 
Newcomb. He's our medic for Paranormal Analytical. Him and I were out with his uh, bosses from uh, JAG, which they're a road closure company, and we were actually out getting uh, props and, and different locations uh, set up and done for the filming of the sizzle reel for Anunnaki. So that's going to be coming up really, really soon, and, and we're looking forward to getting that done here pretty quickly. And uh, it's it's going to be a really, really cool uh, sizzle reel. I can't wait to, for you guys to see it. I can't wait to get it filmed first, edit it, and then show you guys. So it's, it's going to be coming up here pretty quick. See, so it's super interesting because all of us have a different story that you've told that, like, we want to become a, a film, and we're excited to become a film or a series. Obviously... Anunnaki is your baby. Reefers Creepers is Renee's, and from what I've seen, I think the Wailing's going to be mine. See? So, we all have something there. Oh, yeah. Okay, keep um, keep on going real quick, Dylan, because yep. I am going to try and find Dan on here. So, just a real quick plug. Always remember, guys, um, you can catch us here every Thursday like you are right now. Um, next week, we have our conspiracy episode. First Thursday in each month, we do a conspiracy episode. Myself and Edley, myself and Eddie here are going to be tackling the Rendlesham Forest. The reason that I say we are tackling the Rendlesham Forest is because it is a bit much for my puny brain to understand. So I'm going to tag in my buddy Eddie, and he's going to help you guys understand it a little bit better also. Um, so I have pretty much the basics. He's going to fine-tune my story, and then we're going to work together. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have our two-hour discussion. And um, it'll be like uh, when we talked about the Philadelphia Experiment, except hopefully this one flows a little bit better than that one did. Remember, this is a new bit that we're doing, so you have to bear with us because we really don't know what we're doing. Um I would like to say thank you to all the past guests that we've had in, uh, in recent weeks. They've all been so fantastic. So just to name a few, we've had Kristen Leon last week. She was great. We had uh, Bobo, David Rodriguez, and Emily on. They were great. Uh, you know, we got some EVPs from that episode. We also had Sonia Barbier on a couple weeks back, um, the animal healer. I, I've messaged all of these people except for Emily and David just because they've been on the show a bunch. Um, I messaged all these people to do a checkup, and everyone's doing fine. They're all fantastic. I love all of them. Um, and I would like to say that I am so excited to be moving forward, especially with this month. It seems like the month of August, Eddie, is going to be a big month for us. We have a lot of big guests on. We have a lot of good stories coming, and um, I am I'm so excited. And I'm so excited for. Um, I hear a Skype. Yes, you do. Oh, yes. Oh, we hear some echo Skype. And do we have you on here, Dan? Can you hear me now? Hey, we have audio. Well, Hi, it's better than nothing, today? right? I don't know what would happen <laughs> with the video. <laughs> well, we were hoping to see your pretty face on here, but... Uh, since we don't get to see your pretty face, at least we get to hear your your radio voice, and we get to talk to you about the, the old park. Yeah, that's why we can talk. I don't know what was happening, but it was going through the app, but I loaded the app, but it would not take me into your interface. It didn't even give me anything to go to at that point. Hmm, that is so strange. 
That's, that's straight through. Man. That's straight through the app. So I have no clue why it wasn't doing that. Well, at least we have you on here. So Dylan was reading a little bit about uh, what you have on the website about the old park. Uh, give us in your own words, you know, I mean, how'd you come across this place? You know, how'd you get it? And, you know, your findings on how it was haunted and all this other kind of great stuff. Well, uh, that's a long story. You know, we call it, we call it actually luck, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, You've known me a long time, and I wasn't out looking to buy a haunted location. I never really even thought that I'd ever own something this old that actually was haunted. And what happened is when we moved up into the area up here around San Angelo, this was about in 20, 2013, which has been a good five years now, I uh, started scouting the area just to kind of see what type of paranormal things there were up in this area. Because um, at that point, I was familiar with pretty much most of Texas, but I had never really heard much of anything up here in West Texas. So I started kind of scouring the area and came across a few locations that summer when we moved up here, but there really wasn't a whole lot. And then right at Halloween, October came across this article that got published and it was a very uh, popular article and it was talking about the hotel and talking about lots of things that happened way back in the past and that really got my attention that was in uh, 2015 when that article was put out and what really caught my attention was they were kind of delving back into the past probably i think it was a story that went back to the 1970s or 1980s and it talked about a man who was going down the highway and he came across the hotel because when you're driving down the highway straight through ballinger going right past the courthouse you can't miss the hotel it's just sitting there pretty much glaring at you and it has this uh this look for anybody who's ever seen it and apparently he went in the hotel and uh, just asked her to if he could walk around. And it was just an antique store way back in the day. That's what they ran out of it at the time. And apparently the article said he was just walking around and he started encountering all sorts of things. And when he went upstairs, he felt like he was being followed from room to room to room. And it, to make a long story short, he ended up in a room in the very back. And he had a really strange feeling about a closet in that room. And then he moved into another room and he saw the way it was described in the article was he saw like a, a glimmering shimmering apparition basically coming towards the doorway said it looked like mist at first. And then it started forming into this shimmering effect. And he said, eventually it started looking like a man was standing there looking at him. And he just got the creepiest feeling and he started heading out and the thing, I guess, was following him. And he heard footsteps and all these things. And then the article went on to talk about a lot of other things that happened over the years. And that basically really grabbed my curiosity. And I told Connie that we just needed to go see this place. There was just something about it. 
And I didn't have a feeling like I wanted to buy the place or anything. I didn't even know it was on the market. I just wanted to see what it looked like. And we we go over there, and immediately walking in the front door, we could just both feel it. And something, of course, just drew me upstairs. And it just had a really, really strange feeling. I just felt like I was being watched the whole time I was upstairs. I didn't see anything. I didn't really hear anything. And I didn't get touched. But I just had the strongest feelings that I wasn't alone. And when I came downstairs, what happened then was the owner was asking me how I liked the place. And I said, I said, this is really cool. I said, you really have something here. I can feel it. And she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, they're here. And I said, uh, what do you mean by they're here? And she goes, well, there's 30 spirits in this hotel. And I just kind of looked at her. I was kind of like, whoa. And and then on top of that, she she just pops it straight out into the air. She goes, well, you really like my place, right? She goes, you want to buy it? And I looked at her, and I was just like, did she really just say that? I was like, wasn't even expecting that. And Connie looked at me and said, oh, no way, no way. We can't afford this. And to make a long story short, we ended up leaving at that point. But over the next few months, um, we had some tragedy strike the family. My mother passed away, and there were a lot of state dealings. And ended up, we basically lost like three relatives in like three months' time period. And it was just really depressing. And the last thing on my mind was basically thinking about buying anything. And I get a call from the owner again. We kept in taps probably for about six months. She calls up again and she goes, Dan, she goes, I really want to sell this, this place to you. She goes, I'm getting older and I feel like you're the right type of people for the place. And it needs to be revived and uh, introduced to the public. And she goes, let's do what we can to make this thing happen. And to make a long story short, she made us another offer. Uh, the first offer was including on the antiques in the hotel. The second offer was just including the building. And basically, I had the means to do it at that point. And here we are two years later with, with this haunted location. Now, you guys have done a lot of renovation and 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 uh, work on that place. I mean, you've really brought it a long way because the last time I was there, and I know you've done more work since then, but the last time right. I was there at your place, you know, I was peeking in the window like a peeping Tom. You know, I was kind of like looking in there because you had all the doors locked and I couldn't get in. You're, but, uh, you're not the only one. Everybody keeps doing those windows. <laughs> so I was peeking in there, and I mean, the place looks really, really good. I mean, you've done so much work to it. Yeah, we... We really have, and I'm not going to lie, it's, it's been a lot of hard work that we've done. Uh, me and Connie, basically all the furniture that is upstairs, except for one bedroom, we have taken all the furniture up those stairs ourselves, just the two of us. And we've been, luckily we've, we've bought a lot of stuff, but we've also had a lot of friends here in the area, people that have come to the place. They have donated furniture. They've donated items. So it's been a little mix between donations and, of course, buying a lot of things and, and of course, doing a lot of work on the place. Um, when we first got it, um, it's a funny story that I tell everybody. It's a mix between just getting the place and also uh, an actual paranormal happening. 
Within about three days of us owning the place, right after we signed the paperwork, we went in there on a Saturday afternoon. It was real sunny. We were not thinking anything about paranormal. We had just signed the paperwork. We were thinking, okay, we have the place, but now we have a lot of work to do. We have to figure out what needs to be done first. And we wanted to get to a level where we could start introducing it to paranormal teams across Texas. But even at that point, we hadn't really experienced the paranormal ourselves yet. We just had a feeling that it was there. But we, and of course, all the stories she told us and other people told us, but we hadn't really had our own experience there. So here we are standing in the main hallway. Again, it's sunny outside. We're standing just outside the kitchen. And we have a list, a project list, and we're not talking ghosts. We're not even thinking ghosts. We're not thinking paranormal. And then all of a sudden, the strangest noise, it sounded like a PA system starting to crackle in, filling the whole hallway around us. And it's, I mean, if you didn't know any better, you would have thought there was a PA monitor there. That's what it sounded like. And it sounded like it was trying to pop in. It was just all this crackling noise and couldn't even really figure out what was happening. And we're all looking around it. And all of a sudden, this loud woman's voice just fills the whole hallway and says, hello. And, and so the lady it, sounded you, like she was really old. So you what know? you basically really had, you had, a, you had a disembodied voice because everybody heard it. Yes, all three of us heard it. We didn't have to look at each other. We didn't have to say, did you hear that? We also didn't have to say, what did that just say? It was so loud, Eddie. I mean, it just filled the whole darn hallway. And yeah, it made us jump. Uh, it really did. It startled us. But at the same time, it was very fascinating to me because as I was like listening, going over it in my head, basically after it happened, standing there, I was thinking that just happened. And second of all, I was thinking that not only just happened, but it sounded like an old woman. And third of all, it not only was an old woman, but she's saying the word hello. And we all looked at each other and we we're like, wow, did they just welcome us to the hotel? That's what we basically all said to each other. Now, in uh, within that time period from then until now, do you have an idea of who this uh, old lady might be? We really don't know. Um, we think... We've linked on to several spirits in the hotel, and I have to admit, having this place two years with all the different experiences, all the different spirits, all the different things, the apparitions that have been seen, I do think that that 30 spirit thing could be a possibility. I could think there could be as many of them in there. It's almost like different personalities, different voices talking to us at different times. Thinking back on that voice, I think there's a possibility that that is either the owner Jeanette's mother or her grandmother that was talking to us, or maybe even possibly the Seacrest family that we have linked could be city, uh, Kitty Seacrest talking to us. Now with your, um, with your hotel, um, hi Dan, I'm Dylan, by the way, thank you for joining How you the doing, show. Dylan? Um, with, with your hotel, has anything happened, like, in the in the hotel's history? Like, was anybody murdered there? Was anybody, you know, um, hurt there? Have, has anything happened there to somebody? Well, here's, here's the deal. Um, we have been researching for two years now 
trying to dig up what we can. Um, there are several things about the hotel that we have basically uncovered from a paranormal angle, and we're still trying to link history to it because we feel like it really did happen. One of the things that happened is in this one room in the hotel upstairs towards the back, everybody is always drawn to this room and this closet in this room. And I'm thinking that story that I was telling you about in the newspaper where he was recollecting his experience in the back, I'm pretty sure that was the room that he was in because everyone is drawn to this closet, including me. Uh, when we first got the hotel, I was just always, I always ended up going to this room. I couldn't figure out why. And during one of our very first uh, ghost tours that we did in the hotel, we would do recordings in there and I had about five people and we were all standing there. It was a very controlled environment. And I just happened to ask in a five minute recording, I asked, is there anybody in this closet, anybody in this room that wants to talk to us? And I got the clearest EDP that I think I've ever heard of a very ominous older man talking back saying, I've been here waiting for you. And it's just, it's a creepy EVP and I play it for a lot of different people. Um, <laughs> it, it just kind of blew us, it blew us away that night because we all heard it clear as day because I did the playback immediately. And the history basically that sent me on the road, kind of trying to figure out what was going on in that room. And we all have the feeling, we can't prove it yet, but we have a feeling that something happened to a brothel girl in that room. And we think that it possibly involved murder, but we haven't been able to link any records to it yet. And when we say murder, we're thinking possibly a hanging, and we're thinking that it might have been somebody that possibly worked in the hotel that knew her, or worked in the brothel, should I say. And we're still trying to uncover a lot of things, but the hard part about the history in Ballinger is that in 1905, they had a really bad flood in the city and a lot of records were destroyed. The water got up really high and got into a lot of buildings, and a lot of records were just taken out. So there, it's really hard to confirm things. I've been going back through the newspaper trying to link up anything having to do with murder, but we also have a feeling that if this thing was covered up in some way, it, it obviously isn't going to appear in a newspaper like that because they wrote headlines a little differently back in the day. Well, have you ever um, had a, have you ever had a psychic go through there and, and actually tell you what they felt as far as, you know, uh, the, the spirits or the haunting that's taking place? Yes. Uh, that's a good point that you bring up. So that's kind of where I was going. We've actually had two or three psychics in the building since we owned it. And every one of them without telling them about what's happened before they walk in, they all end up in that back room and they all end up basically telling us the same story. And it's, it's a story basically that she is trying to tell us who her murderer was, but apparently every time he tries to tell her and one of the psychics that was with us, she actually got scratched right when she was about to tell us, we were all standing in the back and she's just relaying all this information to us. And we knew she was the real deal because we hadn't told her anything that we already knew about the hotel. And she's already linking up to a lot of things that we already knew. And then she goes into this other area. And of course we knew that as well, as far as our suspicions. 
And then right at that point, she gets scratched right when she's telling us that he is controlling her and that he won't let her get the truth out. So it's almost like a situation every time and other teams have also encountered this. Other teams have gone in and one paranormal team actually went into the room and asked the same question about the closet, about was her hanging in the closet? What did you do to her? And they got a very clear class A EVP of another woman coming back on the EVP saying they hung her in there. And that was a really crazy EVP also. And I've heard numerous, numerous communication, I guess, over two years. So it's kind of hard to summarize it all. But it's, it's all leading in that direction. And it's, it's a mystery that is kind of driving me nuts at this point because I want to get to the point where we can figure out what actually went down in that room. In doing renovations, have you guys found anything, like any artifacts or anything, anything that was left over from these older um, owners or the the older, you know, maybe something from one of the f folks at the brothel? Have you guys found any anything at all? Well, the hotel was pretty much gutted out. And, I mean, there's there are areas, obviously, in the floor, like our main floor, when you walk in, um, it's a wooden floor and it goes down about 12, 12 inches underneath the floor. There could be anything under there. I really can't tell because there's no way to get under there, but there's a lot of area there and we haven't really done a whole lot of digging outside because we do have a courtyard. We have several trees out there. We also have an old workshop that's out there and there's a lot of old tools and different things in the workshop, but I really haven't hadn't really had a chance to get out there and really look out there, you know, with the team or, or with devices to see what we can uncover. Yeah. That's just one of the things that I've always said. I've always said on the show that while I don't want, uh, I don't want any demon clowns latching to me. If there was a nice right. civil war sold a sword, I'd be sold. I'm my guess is on this property because what I've seen just, with historic sites across Texas, period, is there's always something that can be found. And, you know, we've had the place for two years, and we've been so busy, I guess, doing the restoration inside that we just haven't had a whole lot of chance to do more exploration, you know, and get down into the the deep of what, what is really happening. Um we, we've seen several child spirits also in the hotel and several other people have seen these spirits. There's probably like three boys. There's a little girl that talks to us all the time. We also talked to one of the brothel women. Her name is Annie and she has a really strange, um, almost sounds like a Cajun accent when you talk to her and we're talking to her basically through EVPs and we get her all the time. And she has a very uh, distinguishable voice. You can tell when it's her. Now, I, there's possibility she might be the one that this happened to. We really don't know. Um, I think there's a lot that still needs to be uncovered as far as the, the history and the mystery of the place. So do you know, do you know the history of what, what the other people went through? Like, do you know the story of what the Seacrest family went through and how they obtained this property? Or do you, do you pretty much have, have no idea? I have been piecing everything together. Um, 
I'm actually the one that linked the Seacrest family to this hotel. And what happened was the people we bought it from lived in the hotel for five generations. They owned it since the 1920s. And that's, that's a long time to own a building in itself. They had about, again, five generations of family living in there. Well, they only knew so much information from that aspect. And that kind of left another 40 years or so of unknown history, unknown deed history. So we kind of started doing our own research. And what happened was um, I go pretty deep into things. I, I sign into a lot of old newspapers, a lot of various things around Texas. And I came across, actually, the, I came across in a book a link to the Seacrest family being in Ballinger and possibly owning a building on 6th Street. And as I did my history a little deeper, I was able to link that Washington Hampton Seacrest, the first, uh, was actually uh, in the actual force that took down Santa Ana way back. And he was doing a lot of things in Central Texas. Well, what happened was he moved from the Central... Well, he didn't move. What happened was he had children... And he had a son, Washington Hampton Seacrest II. And that's the name that Link that ended up moving to Ballinger and taking over the hotel. Now, what happened was his daughter, one of his daughters, was Kitty Seacrest. And she's the really big Link because she's buried in a cemetery that is up there. And what was really hard about finding out, actually, I, the way this worked is I traced it backwards. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I came across Kitty Seacrest first, and then I started tracing the history back, and that's how I found out about her dad and her grandfather and starting linking things. Well, what was weird about her was obviously women change their names when they get married, so she was buried under the name of Kitty S. Seacrest, which was on her uh, grave marker. And I never put two and two together until I started putting my history, and all of a sudden I realized that S. The S stood for Seacrest, and that got me going on the path. And what's really cool, and I have yet to do this, but Kitty uh, Seacrest or Kitty Seacrest Estes, her great granddaughter is still alive and lives about, I want to say about 40 miles from Ballinger, 30 to 40 miles, and she's in her 70s now. And I've made contact with her, and I'm getting ready to uh, talk with her. And supposedly she has a bunch of old pictures and a lot more historical artifacts and things that, that will help with the research. That is that is just very, very, very cool. You know, and yeah. the other thing, Dan, that uh, I wanted to make sure I let everybody know is that you do allow paranormal teams to come in, don't you? Quite often, as yes, a matter of fact. Yes, we do. Yeah, the, the idea, Eddie, in the beginning was to not... We knew, first of all, when we bought this place, we didn't buy it to say, oh, wow, we just bought a place, now we're going to make profit. That wasn't at all what any of this was about. What it was about initially was having the opportunity to buy an historical building and to restore it and get it back to the way that it would have looked, um, you know, way back in history. And also to be able to share the paranormal that's in there because again, you know, we had that first event that happened within a few days of us owning it. And we've had so many different things that have happened to us 
going back two years that we felt that we had to share it. Um, the po- the problem was with sharing it with people was that you have to put electricity into the building. You also have to pay utilities, water, and everything. Well, yeah, it, it costs and, money to run right. and also to renovate and to right. fix it up. You know, so I mean yeah. that that's just that goes with the territory. I mean, and and no one's more familiar with that I, I think than uh, Deborah Fawcett over there at the. Uh, at the old jail that she's at i mean that she's yeah we put, know we know deborah well she's been to the hotel oh yeah deborah's awesome i mean yeah. we, we love her to death she's great very very good people her all her friends and everybody's all crazy and i mean you got this great old jail over there you know that's full of ghosts and everything and, and we we had a blast when we went over there and filmed and uh, i wish dylan would have had the opportunity to be over there with us as well too yeah too many yeah. states away you know how it is see i think that's that's one of the better things. You know, you folks that come across these older buildings and are able to purchase them and you want to get them back to their historical origin, I love that. And honestly, hats off to you um, because that that's what more people should be doing with their old buildings. You know, if you have an old hotel, you know, why destroy the hotel and make it something that it's not? Why not take it to that origin? You know, if you have an old exactly. jail, why not take it to that origin? You know, it's not... It's not a brand new jail. Think of think of how pissed off people would be if someone brand new bought Alcatraz. Say someone bought the island of Alcatraz. And Dan, that's your next project, by the way, buddy. <laughs> they, they tore it down and built a whole new prison there. Exactly. People would be and pissed. You bring you bring up a good point. Um, that's one of the things we we started doing our historical research about Ballinger. One of the first things to realize that that there was a lot of. It still was a very unique town, but way back in the day, it was a lot larger, and there were a lot of really unique buildings sitting around. And a lot of these buildings were built after this hotel, say like 1890, 1900, 1910, and a lot of those buildings don't even exist anymore. So it was really, like you said, it was like a factor of trying to preserve this building and letting people be able to enjoy it. And that's how we came up with the whole overnight group concept. You know, it helps us pay the bills on the building and that way it keeps it affordable. And that way everyone can come and enjoy this place. And, and also have a feeling that they're helping to preserve it as well. Yeah. I see this picture here on your website of, um, of the, the city in 1924. Um, it's such a beautiful, stunning city at the time. It reminds me of like a tombstone, Arizona. Well, if you look closely, Dylan, you'll see Dan in that picture. He's he's standing out there too. <laughs> I'm standing next yeah. to Abe Lincoln. You don't see that. <laughs> but, but no, but in honesty, it does. It gives me that old school, you know, Western feel, like 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 in a John Wayne movie. Like like it really reminds me of a tombstone Arizona and maybe it's just because my last name's yeah. Holiday with two L's you know but but that's that's what I'm feeling here when I look at this town and it, it upsets did you like that Eddie? it upsets me that these towns are destroyed you know because they're so beautiful and I understand we need to move more communities in but a, a community this beautiful is gone it's it's vanished and you have what's probably the last piece of history of this city yeah, that's true. We we point out a lot of people just can't wait to walk in the building, and we get a lot of visitors from out of town, like on Saturdays when we're in there. And one of the first things they they ask us, they're like, 
what's the story with this building? And we're like, we're like, well, you're standing in one of the oldest buildings here in town. And it's, it's kind of amazing when you are in a building that old, we, we think it's actually, we can't prove it, but we think it's older than 1886 because 1886 was the day that Ballinger actually incorporated and actually gave itself the name Ballinger. And it was named after a Galveston attorney, a railroad attorney. And that's basically how the whole town was established. It was established by three railroads that went through town. And one of those was the Santa Fe Railroad, and the other one was Colorado and the Gulf Railroad. But anyway, lawyers back in the day and the railroads, that's, that's what determines your town. So if the railroads went around you, your, your town would die. And what's really cool about our place is we tell everybody, we're like, yeah, we think this place is older because there's proof that buildings were already here in 1886. And this building is pretty much sitting in the town square. So my guess is that, yeah, that, yeah it was there. Um, it didn't look the way it does now. It was only a two-story house back in its day. But we believe it was there. And it basically just kept on growing and remodifying. And what most people don't realize is the other half of our building, when you look at it from the front, the right-hand side is the two-story house. The left-hand side was brought in from a ghost town called Runnel City, which was eight miles north of Ballinger, which died because the railroad bypassed them. Well, the railroad offered free lots in town practically, or very cheap lots if you moved your buildings. So they moved everything from Runnel City, and the other half of our building came from Runnel City and was attached to the other structure. Weren't, weren't things simpler when you could just pick up a city and move it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even envision them doing it nowadays, you know, putting buildings on trucks. We, we watch them move mobile homes and things like that. But to move like an entire house, you know, we've seen what, what it takes to do that uh, in modern times. I can't even imagine how they did it back then. Yeah, they didn't have flatbeds in 1924, you know. It was a very different no. world. They were probably using, like, horses and just pulling it just through the gland, yeah. you know, like a plow. They probably weren't picking it up. That's where the term know? horsepower yeah. came from. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we man. heard, we heard they used to put logs down and they'd pull them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so interesting. These, these, these old cities, I get so fascinated by old cities and, and, and old buildings and old towns. And one of the things I think of is like, imagine how many like celebrities went through this town how many people who have now passed away went through this town past presidents you know past musicians this looks like the kind of place and no one's gonna know who this guy is except maybe eddie and some of you guys from texas this looks like the kind of, right. kind of town jimmy rogers wrote a song about you know that's this, yeah. that's what this town looks like it looks like you know a, a jimmy rogers kind of town and it's just, it's a shame. <laughs> well, real quick, Dan, uh, let everybody yeah. know how they can get a hold of you real quick. And we're going to take a halftime break here so that we can all go okay. up and grab a cup of coffee and some uh, snacks and stuff like that. So uh, fill everybody in real quick. Yeah, we uh, we have a web a website. Basically, it's www.oldparkhotel.com and old is with an E on it. Um, websites are real easy to find. All you have to do is Google Oak Park Hotel. 
you'll find the website on a lot of information. We also have a very popular Facebook page that's coming up, basically a lot of information on there. And lately we have a very, very popular Twitter page as well. Um, we probably get more interaction on Twitter now than we do on Facebook because more and more people are finding out about it through Twitter, and I put a lot of information out there. So it's, there's a lot of info out there, and all anybody has to do is Google it. Oh, very, very cool, man. And what we're going to do right now, everybody, is we're going to take a quick little break, and we shall return after this song. We're no longer playing uh, commercials, though. That's cool. So we're going to play no a song real quick. Spray. Yeah, we're going to play a song real quick. Probably get blocked by Facebook again, even though this song I can play anywhere, but they'll block me anyway. But we're going to give it a try. So here goes. Armageddon time is coming soon. The fires will turn us all into dust. And we will be judged one last time You, your son, and me The days will turn black, you soon will see Soon we'll all be swinging from that tree Pray your neck breaks when the rope is taut Pray your mother isn't there to see Oh, oh, oh is me The state has put a day
events that only land had complex interest of sand forced I like so quiet so still did not seem to feel or even to dream Live, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Analytical. My name's Eddie Hill. I'm your host. And we also have Dylan Holiday, my co-host. And we have Dan Lefave from the Old Park Hotel in Ballinger, Texas. Dan, are you with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Great. Uh, Dylan has not come back. He shut his light off, so I think he ran off. He's probably in the restroom. Uh, <laughs> we won't go into what he's probably doing in there, but um, <laughs> hey, you know, that is the, uh, you know, that that's the throne. You know, that's where you, men go, that's, you know. That's a broadcast world there. That, that is. That <laughs> is. So tell us, Dan, I mean, you've had quite a few experiences yourself. Tell me something that has happened to you that not very many people know about. You mean in the hotel? Correct, in the hotel. I told, I told everybody pretty much, but one of the most compelling things that has happened happened probably right after our first uh, ghost tour uh, night in the hotel, which was nearly two years ago. And what happened there was we had just cleared out one of the bottom rooms, which we turned into our actual bedroom where we sleep. In other words, when our overnight groups come, that's where we are. And uh, they, what, what happened was we had just gotten all the furniture in the room and we had just done the first ghost tour and we were pretty worn out it was like midnight it was our first one in the hotel we had a lot of stuff happening that night to the group and everybody of course was really really excited and nobody wanted to leave um so it got to be about midnight or so and eventually everybody gets out the door and 
we we're going to drive home, but then we figured now we're too worn out. We'll sleep here. Well, that was our first time sleeping in that place. And anybody knows when you're in a pretty haunted location and even when you haven't really experienced things yet, but you know the possibility is there, your anticipation level is pretty high. So that's the way we pretty much were, but we were also worn out. Well, Connie was sleeping on the uh, left side of the bed. I was on the right side. And the moon was out that night, so there's a little glow coming through the window. So there was just enough enough light in the darkness to kind of see around the shadows and everything. And she she passes out. She rolls over. She's facing away from me. She passes out. And I'm laying on my back, just kind of listening, just trying to see what I would hear. Well, what, what kind of story and are we going with here, Dan? What? <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's a good one. You'll, you'll like it. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm laying on my back and just kind of wondering and uh, trying to fade off. And eventually, I start to fade off, and I roll over on the side, and I'm facing her. Well, anyway, I go out, and I'm kind of in that that subconscious state and almost asleep, but not, not quite. And all of a sudden, uh, the air conditioner is blowing on my head, and it's feeling pretty comfortable. And all of a sudden, I feel a woman's hand start to massage the top of my head. And I'm thinking to myself, it was real gentle. It was very caressing. I'm thinking, wow, this, this feels pretty good. And it was like, I hope my wife and, don't wake up. <laughs> well, that's, that's just it. I thought it, I thought it was her because it, it felt the same way it, it does when she roasts my head. So I'm thinking in my, you know, my, my subconscious state, I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's what's going on here. And I'm feeling pretty comfortable. Well, I start to come to, and I'm starting thinking something's really strange, something's weird with this. So I, I open my eyes, and right when I open my eyes, I realize real fast it's not her doing it because her back is still to me. She's still facing away. She's still deep asleep. Well, in that instant, I'm thinking, oh, crap, what, what's going on here? Because I'm feeling the hand on my head still. Well, the hand was coming from the other side, my backside, because I'm, I'm laying on my side, facing away from it. So I roll over in that instant, try to figure out what's going on. And as I'm rolling over, the hand shifts across my head. It doesn't come off my head. It just kind of rolls across my head. And that's when I saw what it was, not even two feet away from my face, basically from my face to her face, was a woman bent over with her arm up on my head just staring straight at me oh wow i mean did that like make you freeze right there i mean where you were looking going wow i can't believe this is happening it it was a weird instantaneous feeling and i tell everybody that i don't care how long anybody's been investigating the paranormal i don't care if you've been to a hundred thousand locations something like that is going to make you jump every freaking single time and sure enough, that's what happened in that quick interaction. And I got a good view of her because we're only talking of two feet from my face to her face. She was solid as day. She looked just like a real person in the room. And she had an 1800s black dress on with some red trim on it with some frill going down the sleeves. And her hair was black curly going probably just past her shoulders. And she was just giving me this stare. It wasn't like a scary stare, but it was a very 
I don't know, straightforward, like, like she was trying to communicate something. And in that instant of shock, and that's kind of where I'm going with that nobody's ever prepared for this, I came out of that bed the way a cat would jump, the way you see the cats when they get really startled. They jump like good five feet, six feet, you know, clear across the room. Yeah, De- That's the way I was. Deborah Fawcett <laughs> says, yep, I feel for you, Dan. You know, still freaks me yeah. out, too. So, I mean, De- Deborah's experienced it. I mean, she always experiences yeah. something there. So, I mean, you'd think you'd get used to it, but you, you, you really don't, you know? You don't because you never know when it's going to happen, for one thing. And if it does happen, you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what that experience is going to be like. Yeah, that's just that's just crazy. Well, at least you weren't jumping for any other reason, you know, before you rolled over. <laughs> yeah, everybody kids me about it and I don't I don't have proof to say who she was, but thinking back, she was wearing an outfit that I would think that a brothel woman would wear around that time. She seemed like she could be a part of it. Yeah, I think I'd have been like, well, you know, let's not stop there. (laughs) And, of course, Connie, you know, woke up. You know, I started up the crap out of her because, you know, here I am just freaking out, jumping out of bed. And, of course, you know, she gets me that that look. She goes, you look like you just saw a ghost. And I'm like, I did, you know. Hey, (laughs) Deborah says, but he left Connie there all alone. You know, I mean, weren't you worried leaving your wife there with this entity? (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean left there alone? I mean, we were in the room. I just, uh, (laughs) it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, not trying uh, back out of it just because, you know, Connie's going to listen to this a little bit later. (laughs) Oh, see. Hi, Connie. She She knows the story well, and she saw my look, and. She knows quite clearly, I don't get that look often. She knows I definitely saw something that freaked me well, out. Well, I've seen that look I before mean, when you've been out investigating with me. You know, you remember the wolf yeah. incident at the at the cemetery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, our you, eyes were wide open for how long? You, you know, know let, let me ask you something. Let me ask you yeah. something. Do you still have that recording that we made with that wolf that appeared and then just vanished in thin air in front of us? There might be a possibility I might have it. I've changed computers a few times. God, you I know, know if, I still if, I know I still have an older computer downstairs. It might be on that. You know, if up. you can find that audio file, I would love it if you would send it to me because I would really, really, really love to play that for the audience. I mean, even though we we really yeah. made the the biggest mistake as investigators we could ever make by not having a video camera with us. We were lucky enough we did have that audio on to corroborate the fact that we all well, saw this thing. We we learned our lesson, and it's the way it always happens, and you know this as well as I do, is if you go out to a location, and this one time you decide, oh, we don't need that much of equipment, and you go out there, that's usually when it happens. Right. <laughs> and the only reason why I got it, and remember when it happened, I didn't even remember I had the recorder going. Because mm-hmm. we were in such shock, and I just had it running the whole time. Well, we so, were we were out looking for that lady uh, that was screaming, that, that was wailing that was going on. And uh, we had yeah. that couple that was trying to learn how to do EVPs, and we were teaching them. 
And by the way, you realize that couple never came back. They, they. Uh, well, I can see why. I can see <laughs> they, why. Yeah, they I had mean, the they had the platinum membership that night. And I'm telling you, that's probably like the scariest night they've ever had. I mean, they were like, <laughs> they were like, thanks for the experience, but we're we're going now. Yeah, we're you we're know? done. We're like good. That. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. Eddie. Eddie. Okay, everybody's saying, especially Sue, you finally decided to grace us with your presence after a long restroom break. I, we, we were discussing your no, activities in the bathroom. This is bull. I thought we were taking a longer <laughs> break because we're only taking, like, one. I did not realize that we were... Break. So, yes, I'm sorry, everyone. I graced you with my presence. I would just like to say... Um, as a lovely segue for the Old Park Hotel, they have a, a shop in which you can order things and buy things, and they have a lovely shot glass that's pretty sick looking, and a lovely mug that's pretty sick looking. So, for $4 <laughs> a piece, you can have a mug and a shot glass at eight. That's pretty good for Rico. That that is That is a good price. Damn good price. You bet. I might buy a hat. I don't know. I, I'm I'm in, I, I'm just looking at the at the shop here. I, I have this website pulled up. Yeah. I'm looking at everything. And and you notice, Dan, he changed the subject real quick just to kind of give you a you know a little yeah, bit of a, 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 a little promo boost there. <laughs> listen, <laughs> hey, duty calls, man. Duty calls. <laughs> yeah, we're also, uh, we're also going to be adding some new things to the shop. We already have some new ideas, so there'll be there'll be a lot of cool mer new merchandise coming out for too long now do you guys make your own art or do you have somebody do that because whoever's making this stuff man they are fantastic well we uh we come up with the actual designs um like our we actually uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag we, we have a new t-shirt that's going to be coming out that we're pretty sure everyone's just going to love and that of course is designed by us um but, of course, you know, we have to go to teacher places and you have to work out, you know, some type of agreement, that type of thing. And we work with a lot of wholesalers on the other materials. Um, not going to lie to you, it's kind of expensive to buy these things. They, a lot they of are times. expensive. Every, you remember you remember all our that? team T-shirts that we had way back in the day, Dan? Those were, like, extremely high dollar to have made. You know, those... Yeah, and you have to buy quantity to right. get it cheaper. And, of course, to buy quantity, you have to have a lot of money up front. So, Well, you know what we can do? Well, you know, when you do get those T-shirts, Dan, I'd, I'd like for you to uh, go ahead and send me one and shoot me a bill through PayPal or something for it, and I'll go ahead and pay you up for it because I'd, I'd really like to have one of those T-shirts from you. And I'd also you like bet. To give you, you bet. I'd, I'd like to give you another plug here. So you're also an author. That's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about, I see you have two books here up on the website. Can you tell us about your writings and some of your books? Yeah, matter of fact, um, yeah, I have two published books already. The, they're on Amazon. Anybody can find them. We also have those in the, gifts, the gift shop as well, the physical copies. Uh, my first book was a Shadow of the Ghost Hunter, which covers theory and everything. And I think I wrote that around... I want to say it started right in 2010, somewhere in there. Um, the second book, uh, which covers all our, um, basically all our explorations across Texas, 
is uh, the supernatural Texas in the Old West. Um, well, actually, it's supernat- those supernatural Texas in the Old West. And it, um, it has a lot of locations that we've gone to. And really, I like that's really what I like to do for people. I like to write about the real experiences because that's what it's all about. Um, to kind of put people in these locations and give them a good uh, history perspective to go along with the paranormal occurrences. And really, it's to get people an idea of how many places there are that are around us that actually have paranormal activity, just like you guys know. And I'm writing my third book right now, which is almost done. It's going to be out pretty soon here. I don't know exactly what date. But I'm finalizing everything in it, and it is on the hotel. And there's a lot of good material in there. It's This is actually going to be my cheapest book. It's only going to be $10 uh, a copy. And I figure a lot of people are going to enjoy this. It has a lot of pictures, a lot of good information in it. Um, talks about history, talks about paranormal happenings, everything we've uncovered. And I think it's going to be a pretty enjoyable book for everybody. That's that's fantastic that you're writing stories to give people a vision who can't come and visit the hotel or who just haven't yet. You're trying to give people a vision of what you're seeing, you know, so through your eyes, they're seeing it. I love that. Yeah, that's that's really what it's all about. And um, we also have one other thing besides writing in the hotel. Now, we also have two live cams that are on the Internet which is through a uh, Viddy space, which is run by a uh, Nick Groff uh, and their group. And it's a, uh, it's a big website that they have. Um, they have a, a little subscription fee on there. It's really not that expensive, but they offer a lot of great paranormal shows on there. They also offer several live haunted camps all across the country in various locations. So a lot of people can link in and we just added a second camp in the hotel. So whenever what they've been doing lately is they broadcast these things live through the paranormal warehouse, which is another Facebook page, a very popular Facebook page out there. And it gets a lot of views. A lot of people are watching these things. Um, I know one night they ran the upstairs cam, I think for about three hours, four hours and had close to 50,000 views. So it was pretty popular. Hey, we need to get the views you're getting. <laughs> we, yeah. we need your people to talk to our people. Um, but, so have, have these cams caught anything? Have they seen anything? You know, even if it's just some, some dust moving around, have they seen anything that, you know, someone looked at and went, ooh, that might be something? Yeah, people are seeing things left and right, and the, the cams also have audio so they can hear things. And I think that kind of goes, you know, you don't see every day that you get a cam that you can not only watch, but you can hear what's going on. And uh, one one night, a lot of people were listening, including us, and we heard a door opening really, really loudly. And then we heard footsteps. Then we heard an old man coughing inside the hotel. It was pretty creepy. That, that is pretty creepy. Sounds like my dad when he gets up in the morning. You know, you hear a door yeah. slam open and the... <laughs> You know, yeah, this was like around, you know, two thirty in the morning. It was pretty late. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's terrifying. And there was nobody staying. There were no guests in the in the hotel. There was no investigation happening. It was just very organic. It was it was just there. We locked it up and we were watching from home and 
we knew for a fact there was nobody inside. That is absolutely horrifying. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Is, um, I love seeing these clips. I'm going to have to go look up some of these clips and EVPs and see if what I can find on the interwebs. But um, yeah. that's that's so fascinating. You're hearing things and seeing things. And honestly, I, I just want to say thank you because I'm a man of research, okay? You're doing your research. You're finding the history. And I do that constantly. You can ask Eddie. You can ask anybody who watches us. And um, Eddie, we can't hear you. We can't hear you, Eddie. Yep, there we go. I always forget to turn my mic back on. Uh, uh, we we were talking are. about that the other day. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're paranormal and you're analytical. You guys are paranormal and I'm analytical. Yeah. That's how the show. That's how the show. That's is. how the show goes. You know, and we'll, well sit there, and, and know, Dan, we'll sit there, we'll sit, what... we'll sit back, and we will argue back and forth. You know whether ufos exist aliens exist whatever the case may be and he's all analytical over it, and we're like look it's just they're there okay and he's like well no i've got to have more well, how much more do you need you know you want to become probe you or what I, no i told you what i need i need to talk to a scientist i need a scientist to sit me down and i need a body that's, what... <laughs> that's uh that's what makes a good paranormal story you got to have every side every angle and you got to have a slight degree of skepticism going into everything, you know, to prove, to prove if it's natural or if it really is occurring. You know, that's what makes the paranormal what it is. And that's the thing about this show that's different than some of these other shows, because we're not all believers, and we all believe in different things. Some of these shows, everybody believes in everything. Some of these shows, yeah, nobody I mean, believes in seriously, anything. Seriously, what, what fun is that? You know, I mean, it's yeah. better when, when, when not all of us believe, and, and, you know, we sit there and we argue our points, and we, you know, present our evidence, and we all walk away laughing and happy. Yeah, because we have a good time with it. I just think that you're all insane. <laughs> Like I give you, give you guys a good example. Every time we bring in a ghost tour, like basically our own event that we do for like four or five hours a night, the first thing I would do, well, we walk people through the history, but we also we tell them about the ghost stories. But the first thing I tell everybody is that I'm telling you about the history and the ghost stories for a reason, because or we are, because when things start happening, you start getting different names, various things then it might make more sense, you know, with what you're getting, because we might mention some names that you hear later on tonight, you know, or, or associate. And most people, the other thing I tell everybody is that a ghost tour is great. A paranormal investigation is great. A ghost story is great. But till you actually go in to any ghost story and you put the experience with the actual story that's, you know, on paper, or, or that people are talking about, it doesn't mean anything, you know, until you put somebody in the element, put them in the spot. And I kind of tell people in the beginning of our tours, I say, this hotel, I can tell you a lot of things about it, but it's going to tell its own story. And by the time you walk out here tonight, you're going to, you're going to have probably that look on your face. And a lot of these people don't believe me. And we get to the end of the night and then they have that look on their face. <laughs> and that's kind of the way it goes. Are you trying, and if you can't give this away, please don't by any means, but are you trying to make the hotel like not just a hotel, but kind of like a museum as well? Yes, it's actually both. Uh, downstairs, we actually have a museum area 
we're putting up hundreds of pictures we're putting up lots of documents um, a lot of things we have we haven't even had a chance to put up yet because we like to frame it all and just to buy all the frames for everything that we're putting up costs hundreds of dollars and we also have a lot of donated items that are going in there um, it's really hard to explain to you actually see it um, everybody walks through the the museum area that we have down there and it tells the story of the hotel and not only Ballinger. And a lot of people come in on the day tours. That's usually what they get a lot of. And then they walk around a little while. And then, of course, the investigations, those type of events, we go a lot deeper. See, that's isn't that a shame that a frame for the picture is like $50 now? But, you know, at least you can get a shot glass for $4. See, and not well, for... We're, yeah, we're not doing the real expensive frames, thank God. But even even the cheaper frames, if you're talking like two, three dollars a frame, and you have a few hundred pictures that you want to put up, that can add up also. So. Oh yeah, because you don't want to just be like taping these things to the wall, you know. That this is right. this is somebody's story. So yeah, you know, you pretty much have to frame it all. And like I said, I yeah. value that so much. I wish more people would do that, you know. Yeah, another um, unique uh, story we have going with the hotel as well is involving uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, Bonnie Parker was born about uh, six, seven miles away from Ballinger in Rowena, Texas. And when she was an infant, a uh, little girl, they, they moved to the Dallas area, but she still had a lot of ties to the area. And supposedly when she was running around with Clyde, going all throughout doing their crime spree. They went through the area a lot of times. And a lot of elderly people have told us that they have stayed in the hotel. We don't have proof, but a lot of people have told us. And what was really, really strange with this whole story is about, I want to say about seven weeks ago, I had a ghost tour and we had about six, seven people come in the hotel and we went through the whole the whole rigmarole, and at one point I asked them if they wanted to go off on their own and start doing their own things. Well, three people immediately separated from the group and disappeared, and we didn't know where they went. The lights were off. They were they just disappeared, and we start walking around, and I we, we find them in one of the upstairs rooms, one of the older rooms, and they're just standing in there all catatonic. And we walk I walk in the room, and I'm like. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they don't really answer me when I walk in. So I knew something was going on. And I said again, I said, I said, you guys all right? And the first words out of their mouth was, we feel her. And I was like, what? I was like, you feel who? They said, we feel her. And again, I asked again, I said, what, what are you guys getting at? They said, we feel Bonnie. And I said, Bonnie? They said, yes, Bonnie Parker. They said, we were relative, we are all three of us relatives of Bonnie Parker. We feel her in this room and that she used to stay here. Wow. So they actually felt the, they, all of them were feeling that same entity at the time from Bonnie Parker. Yes. They felt her in that upstairs room and they said that they were telling her that she was there. They could feel her. See, that's. The story of Bonnie and Clyde is one of the stories that, like, everybody knows. So it's so interesting that your hotel may have a link to that. Yes. I mean, Imagine we don't have just, any direct you know, proof. Yeah. I can't say at this point. You know, even 
even from a paranormal angle, I mean, I haven't gotten like an EVP saying this is Bonnie Parker talking. But it, it's interesting when you look at what everybody's saying and then, and here, I didn't even believe that in my group that night, I had three relatives of Bonnie Parker. It was pretty kind of creepy, you know, when you think about it. Yeah, like, um, obviously, you can't back it up at that moment. But how cool would it be if, like, you know, Bonnie and Clyde just robbed a bank or a store or something, and now they came and stayed at your, you know, your hotel? Like, that's that's yeah. that's pretty badass. That's a hell of a story to tell, you know? Um, and, you I'm know, sure- it probably... When you think about the possibility, you know, we don't have the old ledgers and things like that to prove it. But when you think about the possibility that, that yeah, they probably did come through because she was familiar with the area and she had a tie with the area from being born there, that, yeah, there's, the possibility is probably pretty high that they were there. Like I said earlier, uh, just think of the people who could have been in this town think of the people that could have moved through this town you know it's that's something i often think about because i'm a crazy person like that i think about the town that i live in and how many you know people went through the town i think of other towns and how many people went through those towns you know right it's, it's something to boggle your mind especially when you're thinking of like you know all these celebrities someone who Someone like I brought up Jimmy Rogers earlier, someone who was all around Texas, all around the South in general, you know, very much a train guy. Someone like, you know, um, Bonnie Parker, who, who lived close to, to the town. You know, these are the things that I think of. Uh, and this is why I'm analytical, because I just think of random things no one else thinks to think of. Right. Now, one, we're going to go a step farther with that. Like I was saying, we haven't really seen her or seen the evidence. But we are going to make one of our rooms a Bonnie and Clyde theme room. And we're going to put up lots of pictures on the wall with them and, of course, have the furniture from that time period. So it'd be, I'm a little curious to see what happens when we do that room up. Is the hope, is the hope that you're going to get some type of EVP from uh, Bonnie Parker or Clyde? Possibly. You know, just something, something that goes in that direction where we can prove for sure but maybe maybe she's one of these 30 spirits walking around there we really don't know that's that's just that's boggling to me that there are these homes with 30 spirits walking around every spirit has its own personality and every spirit's different and there's 30 just wandering the halls yeah they're the reason why we think there could be that was what was told to us when we got this place and several people that have come into the place who knew it for decades way before we had it say that that is a good possibility. Um, again, I don't know for sure if that's true, you know, but I think there's a good possibility because of what we have experienced and what we've seen and what others have seen. Cause a lot of people have had a lot of experiences. Um, I know just with the children alone, we've seen about four or five of them, you know, in the hotel and we, not too long ago, we had a group that was recording in one of the rooms, the toy room, where we have all the toys, and they there were no children present, and they got a very, very clear EVP that they allowed us to share and use of a little girl saying, can you hear me now? And it is clear. I mean, it's one of the clearest Class A's I've ever heard. 
And it, it really astonishes me because it almost sounds like they're trying just as hard from their side to make contact with us as we're trying from our side. And that's what it kind of seems like. Yeah, I mean, when you have 30 spirits wandering around, it has to get lonely. Like, that's something I think about with a lot of these older homes. You know, your building is, what, 140-some years old. Let's just use right. that as a number. Um, like, it has to be lonely for these spirits if they are unable to move on or if they're just wandering or whatever the case may be. It has to be lonely, and I feel like sometimes the spirits do want to get in contact with us just as much as we try to contact them, but it's 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 hard it's very strenuous for them and they don't always know how, you know? Right. Right. I, I really believe that to be a possibility. And I tell everybody that they're, that when these paranormal, paranormal moments happen in a hotel that, yeah, they can be creepy. They can make people jump, but at the same time, it, we jump because we're not expecting it. And a lot of times it's probably just them trying to reach out to us, trying to, get their story across or trying to tell us something or maybe they're just walking across a hallway and we just happen to see them yeah i mean it, it, it's it's just one of those things where you know you have a building that's 140 years old it would be very hard to believe that there's something not there you know what i mean there the, you just feel like there has to be something there these people that have these old prisons you know these people that have these old hospitals, there has to be something there. Not everybody. Yeah, there. I think, I, I think yeah. energy does get pinned up in places a lot of times. You know, not everybody in all of these places left knowingly, you know, you brought up that we, we have reason to believe that the building was a brothel and one of the, the brothel women may have been murdered, you know, now think of these hospitals where people pass away. Think of the prisons where people pass away. For me, when you have an older historical building, it's hard to believe that there's not something there because some of these buildings just have such a sad past. Correct. And I think a lot of it is we don't know exactly what happened in the past because a lot of things, a lot of things aren't documented the way we think that they would be. Um, like we've really only found one death certificate of somebody that actually that we can prove that did die in the hotel in 1973. He was born in the 1800s. He was 82 years old and he died in room three at the hotel of a sudden heart attack. So we have proof right there to show that yes, somebody died in an actual room inside the hotel. Um, we were told that there were many other deaths also in the hotel over time and you know a lot of times people are going to be shocked when they first hear that but when you start thinking about the possibility that this was a boarding house hotel brothel anything anything could happen at any time and yeah deaths are going to occur now dan do you do all your own research or do you have you know people to help you along the way do people bring you you know old newspapers how does that work i usually a lot of people know I'm doing it and they will try to dig up what they can. And if they do, if they find anything up in the balance area, because we have several friends up there now, they will bring it to me. Like if they find something of interest that they just happen to come across. But generally I do 
most of my research myself and my wife, Connie, does a lot of research also. And we just try to dig up what we can to not only attach it to the history, but also possibly attach it to the paranormal happenings. Yeah, I, I just I feel like not enough people realize how hard research is. Research is a very difficult job. It's a very difficult demon, if you will, uh, you know, to to have to be the person that has to research something that no one knows anything about. It's so hard. And that's why, honestly, hats off to you, sir, because I, I, I research every week for this show. So I definitely get, you know, how difficult it is to have to learn something new. And for me, the information is already there. For you, you have to dig up that information. So r really, hats off to you and, and Connie and everyone who's helping you guys, you know, make this place more of a historical location. Right. And it, like I said, the research is not easy. Like one of the sites they go to is a, a newspaper historical archive site. And I can check all the newspapers across the country. And I can go back, like I've hit newspapers basically 1880s, 1890s. And I can hit every newspaper across Texas. And I search for uh, keywords, basically. Like I can type in names, I can type in just certain terms and just to see what comes up. And one thing I found is in the 1890s newspapers, especially in Ballinger, is they didn't write papers the way that they do now. Um, they didn't put out the big headlines. They didn't put out different things. So it, it's a lot harder to find certain things in older newspapers than it is nowadays. And especially nowadays we have the internet, everything's out there on the internet. Back then, they just had what they had, and then they basically had to uh, take those old newspapers, uh, scan them, and then put them on the Internet. And it's not an easy process. It really is hard to find things. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I definitely feel your struggle there. Um, what's been the best thing that you found, the greatest breaking information that you found yourself that nobody knew prior? I found, I can't prove this yet, but I found it in an old newspaper in Ballinger. We've been trying to find out all the different various names that this building might have had as it went through its transformations. Because, again, I didn't know a lot of history before the 1920s. I had to dig up about 40 or 50 years of history of what this building was called and who had it. And that, that's where it got really tricky. But I, in an old newspaper... I found, first of all, in Ballinger, there's not many hotels that have existed. Um, there's, the town also is not really big. It's not small, but it's not big either. So there's only so many streets. Well, I found the name of a hotel that none of the historians in town had ever told me. And this was called the Carnes Hotel, C-A-R-N-E-S Hotel. And I, I noticed in several newspapers that it was advertised on a weekly basis that they provided rooms. And this hotel was located on 6th Street, which is the same street our hotel is located on. And out of all the other hotels in Ballinger, I have not yet found another hotel that has been located on 6th Street. And nobody even knew that the Carnes Hotel existed. So I'm thinking there's a good possibility our building might at one time, have been the Carnes Hotel. 
We, we do know for a fact out of an old plat record from, I want to say probably 1889, somewhere in there, this was back when they used to map the plats and everything, property plats. It was called the Three Sisters Hotel at one point. Uh, the big mystery there is who are the three sisters? I'm thinking it might be the Seacrest family because there were about three or four sisters. So it, it might be them that had it at that point. I'm really not sure. So you have found a lot of information just yourself, you know, with, with very, yeah. you know, little help from the historians around. So um, can, how, how can people who want to help you help you? How can people do that? How can they contact you and maybe help you? They can just basically contact me. I mean, I'm easily found on Facebook or through the hotel. I mean, they can message me, anything like that. Um, again, a lot of information that's out there on the Internet, I've probably already found. Um, there's not a whole lot more, I think, that can be found on the actual Internet. So a lot of it involves, I think, just getting into libraries and looking at old, older newspapers that maybe haven't been scanned yet. You know, that could be a possibility. Um, my biggest thing right now that I really could use the help on is figuring out if a murder did actually happen in the hotel. Because I feel it, my wife feels it, several paranormal teams that have been there, they feel it. They feel like something ominous happened at some point. We don't know all the details, but we just feel it happened, and we feel that possibly she's there, and we feel possibly that the people that did it are there. Um, we don't know much more than that. We just know that that possibility is there from the paranormal evidence. So I would like nothing more in this world to one day either find it myself or have somebody else show some, show me something that lists the possibility of a murder happening or a suicide happening, anything along those lines. And so the, you, you bring up, you brought up this closet. You feel like whatever happened happened in this closet. Is there like a room in this closet? Like, does this closet have like a secret passage or like an attic or is it just a, a closet and you, you really don't know much more than that? It's it's just a closet and it's hard to explain to people till they come. If you stand inside this closet, especially women, anytime we have a woman stand in the closet, uh, my wife was one of the first to stand in the closet and five of us, including myself, witnessed her ponytail get pulled straight up in the air and held up above her head as something grabbed her while she was in the closet. Several other women have stood in the closet. They've also been grabbed. It's, it's a really weird, ominous feeling. And when I was in the closet, something came out from the wall. It felt like two hands behind me. And it pushed my whole body off the wall so hard that my head almost hit the bar as it came flying out the closet. So you came uh, out of the closet I, pretty fast after that. Yeah. And I mean, it was the strangest experience. And... It doesn't happen to everybody, but when it does happen to whoever gets in that closet, all you have to do is stand in there and put your back up against it. And if it happens, you're going to know it. It's just that type of a Boy, feeling. I mean. <laughs> and you can almost feel, you can feel the energy in the room changes. 
I know that's hard to explain to a lot of people that don't do paranormal investigation, but paranormal investigators know when the energy in a room can just totally change from being normal to feeling like something's about to happen. And that's the feeling that you get in this room. Right. And you can actually feel that static electricity or that, like that energy that builds up or the, or the fact that you start feeling dizzy because I know that like me, whenever I get into an area that has a lot of activity or it's really strong, I'll get a very dizzy or disorienting feeling, almost like, uh, like I'm getting some, uh, vertigo. Correct. And what's really creepy is we use an obelisk a lot of times when we're in that room and it has spit out the words can't breathe. It spit out the words dizzy. It spit out the words disoriented. It spit out all sorts of words that have to do when you think about it, like if somebody's being hung or put up on it, it almost, these types of words almost seem to fit that. And it's just, it's really creepy when you hear the obelisk just start to speak. And it speaks sentences at times. The obelisk isn't even programmed to do that. Y'all still there? Yeah. Okay. okay. Just uh, adjusting something. Okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And the obelisk, it's not going to pick up anything like that as far as, uh, you know, uh, electricity or what have you. But, I mean, it's it's going to react basically on if there's anything uh, that's, you know, trying to manipulate it. Correct. And it, the, the way the obelisk goes when we use it is I'll tell people that a lot of words that come out of it are going to be gibberish because it's a dictionary bank. But for some strange reason, anytime someone brings an obelisk into the hotel, it does some really crazy stuff that it's just not supposed to do. Okay, Dylan, talk to ask him about the ovulus because I know a lot of this equipment you've never actually used before. Yeah, I, I've, I have no idea what an ovulus is. I believe I do. So is an ovulus the one that gives them like a list of words they're able to pick from? It's not like an EVP, but it gives like a list of words they're able to pick from and, and then they can blurt it out through the machine, correct? That is correct. The ovulus was created by Bill, Bill Chappell. And he is the one that creates all the uh, devices that Ghost Adventures is using. He also used some, he created some devices for Ghost Hunters when they were still on the air when he got a start. Um, the device that we use is one that we bought several years ago that was made by him. That's called the Obelisk X. And he's made several different models. And of course, the older models, you can't even find them anymore. But now, he creates models, I believe, that actually display the word and also say the word. And it's like a phonetic dictionary that, that gets programmed into it. What other what other types of equipment are you guys using at the hotel? Obviously, you're using a lot of um, cameras and, and um, recorders, but what other kinds of technology are you guys using? Well, basically, we just use EMF meters, of course, to detect the fields. And um, other teams have really, I, I know there's a lot of newfangled things out there. And honestly, I haven't bought the new things in quite a while because we don't, we don't use, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? We use a lot of our older equipment. And I may be more of an old school guy um, using equipment that was around 10 years ago versus what might be around now. 
But one really neat device that has been brought into the hotel recently, probably in the last uh, two months, has been the SLS Connect Cam. And it's been it's made by Gotcha Ghost. And honestly, I had never seen these cams in action in person. So I really had no clue, first of all, what they did. And second of all, I had no clue what types of things they would produce. And I, more or less just from what I'd seen in videos. So one of our friends who runs a paranormal team in Ballinger, they actually got one about two months ago. And he, what he did when he first got it, he went to several locations just to see if this thing would register in every single location. He wanted to roll that out first. He wanted to just go into like six different locations before he came into the hotel to actually see what it would do in the other locations to see if he would get false registers on it. And he went to all these locations and I think he only had it happen maybe once the whole time. When he got ready to come to the hotel, he said, Dan, he goes, I'm going to bring in the cam into your place. Are you going to be there? And I said, sure. And he comes in one night and we were walking into several rooms and it works off the connect gaming system, basically where it, it puts out, uh, anybody that understands the connect system, it puts out thousands and thousands of, uh, I guess, laser pinprints, and then it maps out the area. And it registers off those pinprints. You can't see them. They're like infrared. And unless you get a special device or an infrared camera, then you can kind of see things. But anyway, he he starts running this thing. We go through several rooms and nothing's happening. We're not feeling anything. We're not seeing anything. He maps me on it at one point just to make sure it's working. And it's showing my joints. It's showing me bending my arms, my legs, everything, my height. And then we start walking around a little bit more. We walk to the very back of the hotel downstairs and he turns it in one room and nothing's happening. And all of a sudden he flips it around to the other room and it starts to register a figure. So he calls me down and we're watching this figure in the room. And that's the first time I've ever seen this thing in action. And I'm thinking, this is kind of strange, um, but I'm not really sure what I'm seeing. But it looked really strange and then goes off the screen. So I'm thinking, okay, wow. So then we go upstairs and we go into the very back active area, right where we always see a, a really tall figure, shadow figure back in that area. And we also have a chair that moves on its own. And this video is on our YouTube channel, Strange Chronicles, if anybody wants to see it, the full video. But anyway, he picks up a very tall figure that's standing there with its hand on its chest. And it's almost staggering, and we're trying to figure out why it doesn't have its hand on its chest. So I'm going, we're, we're like, are you holding a knife? Are you holding a gun? What's going on? And at that point, I remembered about the older man dying in the hotel from the heart attack, and I just spit out the word heart attack. I said, are you having a heart attack? And right at that moment, the figure starts collapsing like it's falling down, and it disappears off the connect, the, the frame. And we can't figure out where it went. So he starts to flip it around. And he flips around inside the room where the chair is. And sure enough, right there in the chair is a very big figure sitting there, just lounging in the chair looking at us. And right at that point, we asked it to wave two times, and it puts its hand up in the air and waves to us two different times. 
And to me, it was very strange device. Um, other teams have brought in their SOS connect cams. Also, I've seen them in action in the toy room. They pick up a little boy on top of our rocking horse. Looks like he's rocking on top of it. Um, and I have to admit, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by that device. I want to get one. I think I want to experiment with a little bit more in the hotel. Well, we, and I'm always, yeah, no, go ahead. In. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely open to bringing in any types of new devices or, or any new things that any new teams want to try, because I think it's, it's all possibility of solving this mystery or, or digging up other things. Yeah, see, we've used the Connect before, and we've had really good luck with it. And uh, as a matter of fact, we used it there at the uh, jail with uh, Deborah Fawcett. And while we were there, we faced the the camera of that Connect into a mirror, which she had, which a lot of people have called the portal to that location, with some extremely fascinating results. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, we've had some really, really cool results with that thing. Do you, did you guys by chance, did you film that? Is that in a video that yes, they can watch? Yes, yes. Uh, I can even send that to you so you can check it out. Yes, shoot it to me. I definitely want to see that. But yeah, if you get a chance, definitely get one. And it would probably be a, a really good idea if you do get one to run it every once in a while, like maybe every say every Wednesday or Thursday night or whatever day of the week it's good for you guys and face it down a hallway maybe or face it into a mirror that's down one of your more active hallways or whatever the case may be and let it sit there with a monitor where that camera can pick up what's going on on the connect and they can actually see if anything's picked up while everybody's away because it'd be interesting to see if any figures come through while while no one's there at all, period. That would be interesting, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to get one, and I imagine we probably will get one before too long here. Yeah, so I mean that it's a it was a really cool device. We had we had such good luck over there. We need to really try and see when we can plan out going over there to the old park hotel with you guys and uh, maybe shooting an episode out there as well. It's a great place. I mean, and and the mystery, it's hard to explain to people until you walk into that room and you get back in that area. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about when you go back there. It's just a very, very strange, ominous feeling. Um, and the whole hotel doesn't have that feeling. It's just back in that area. And it's just, it, it's one of those types of things where it puts it on the tip of your tongue where you just feel like something like that possibly happened. You know, it's really hard to explain. It's almost like it imprints it in your head, you know, if that makes any sense. But that's that's the feeling that most people get back there. So what do you think, Dylan? You ready to fly here to go investigate the old park hotel? Don't you know anything about me, Eddie? I, I, that's ex- uh, of course <laughs> I know. That's why I'm, I'm bringing up the word flying. The fat boy don't fly. Um, but hey, if I ever find myself in Texas, I'll tell you what. I will I will definitely have to go to all these different locations. Like I said, I think Texas is one of the lo- – you know, Texas has some of the most haunted locations. Texas has so many haunted locations. You know, while everywhere has haunted locations, nowhere compares to Texas. 
okay? Everything's bigger in Texas, at least that's what they say. Uh, I mean, just look at Eddie's ego. So, oh, that was good. <laughs> okay, I, I, I see where you're going with this. So, well, that was, uh, you know, that was for the for your closet joke earlier that was horrendous, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but I would, like, in all honesty, I would. I'd like to go to see these places, and, and, and Texas has so many of these places, and you know, obviously, I would love as a young man to call Texas home someday because the North sucks. You know, I mean, for the most part, I <laughs> hear you, hear it. you. I, I kind of hate it here. <laughs> so, hey, real, yeah, real quick, I forgot snow. to tell you one thing that happens to our overnight groups a lot. Um, I just throw this in real fast. Um, our overnight groups, it doesn't happen to every single one, but probably out of every five groups, it will happen to about three of them. About 4.30 in the morning, usually about the time, just about everybody gets to bed. You know, it, some some teams can go later than that. Some teams usually conk out around 3.30. But anyway, about 4.30, everybody goes to their rooms and goes to sleep upstairs. And we have those old-style uh, doorknobs. You guys know what those look like. Right, right. Um, what happens around 4.30, most of the time, probably a good 70 75% of the time, you will hear these loud footsteps that will come walking down the hallway. They come down really slowly. They're very loud. They're very deliberate. Almost sounds like, like, like he's wearing cowboy boots. That's what it literally sounds like. Sometimes you, you can even hear the spurs. I've had people tell me. He will walk up to your door. Usually starts at the first door. So whoever has that room, which is our Oleander room, is usually the, the first lucky person. They walk up to the door and they will stop at the door and they will jiggle the doorknob like they're trying to come in. And that has freaked so many people out in the hotel. And it, it's really, it, it goes from door to door to door. And it, it's kind of funny when you have these teams that it's happened to because the next morning you'll just hear them nonstop accusing themselves of going around, sneaking around, trying to do it to their own team members. You know, they, they're so sure that somebody's playing a practical joke. That's usually the way it goes. And it's the real deal. We've gotten those footsteps several times on off of the video camera, microphones, and everything. Um, when you hear them, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it's pretty cool, cool situation. I would absolutely love to capture something over there and, and, really doing a really strong deep down deep hearted investigation on the old part uh i, I think we would probably walk out of there with some really good evidence you know you could you imagine would. if we get the ghost of john wayne <laughs> that'd yeah. be great i i would love that you there dan yeah i'm still here oh, okay where'd he go okay uh, right her. So oh, there you go. Okay. What 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 time do we got, Eddie? Oh shoot, we still have good. Oh, probably five minutes. Five minutes, great. All righty, because I do I have one last question I want to ask. Um, okay. So you brought up this future book. It, it's going to be about the hotel. Do you plan on also diving deeper, maybe more into the entire community, not just the hotel, or are you going to kind of stick to the to the hotel? Well, the whole idea on the book was I didn't want to put out 
an expensive book. I wanted to put out a cheaper book that more people could afford. So that's how I arrived at the $10 price. And really with the $10 book, you know, the, the bigger the book you make it, the more you have to charge is the more you, the more you have to spend to uh, publish it, you know, and get copies and everything. So I, I have to basically keep the page limit, you know, to a certain, certain number of pages, you know, to have a smaller book, which means, you know, yeah, I would have loved to have gone deeper into Ballinger history, deeper into a lot of things because the town had a lot of saloons in town. There were also a lot of uh, outlaws that went through town. Emmanuel Clements was very well known. He uh, ran for mayor in Ballinger. He was, he was an outlaw and he ran for mayor and he ended up losing. Then a few weeks after that, he got shot straight through the eye and got killed in one of the saloons. And he ran with John Wesley Hardin, who a lot of people know of. So there's a lot of, again, very intriguing Ballinger history. Um, and some people think some of these outlaws might be in the hotel, too. We don't have that total proof, but there's a good possibility that they're in there. Uh, Jim, uh, Killing Jim Miller is another outlaw that's been pinned to the hotel. Uh, the Kling brothers are the ones who actually got that evidence, and they think there's a good possibility that these outlaws are in there. Um, so... Again, I'm just putting out the book right now to kind of open the door. Maybe I'll write a second one later, you know, that goes even deeper. Um, but I think, again, everyone's going to enjoy this book. But, again, the charge to $10, I can't have, like, a huge book because it's going to cost me a lot just to publish it. Well, that sounds like it's at least going to be an affordable book where people will be able to get it and uh, dig through it and, you know, and learn more about what goes on there. Correct, correct. I mean, I, I do go deep enough where it's still a very interesting book. And, uh, again, maybe in the future I'll write a, a very in-depth by the time I uncover more information. Yeah. Oh, very cool, once man. A, once again, I'd just like to say thank you for bringing history, you know, into people's lives with this. Thank you for bringing back the old school. You know, I, I value that. Um, very much you know a lot of these people they get these older properties they get these older buildings and they tear them down or make them something they're not and it's it's refreshing to see folks are making the buildings what the buildings should be um so so thank you again for that and i'll be sure to definitely pick up a copy specifically of the new book because um i love to read and i love history and you're bringing you know these things together and plus, you need to learn about Texas since you'll eventually you'll be living here. Deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, I'm all about yeah. the music. I got the music. I got the music down. And just, and just like Eddie told you, we're very big with history because we both knew Abraham Lincoln. So we go way back, <laughs> right, Eddie? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Dan. Listen, man, I appreciate it so much. We appreciate you being here with us on the show. I, I know we had uh, some technical difficulties there at the beginning, but I'm glad we got through that and at least got your audio here on Skype with us. Uh, it's been great talking to you. The Old Park Hotel, everybody, is just, it sounds awesome. Uh, Dan, real quick, let's give every, uh, give you another plug. Tell everybody where they can uh, get information on the Old Park, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. Okay, the, again, the easiest way is just to Google the Old Park Hotel, and old is with an E on it. Um, by Googling, you'll find their website. It's usually the first thing that comes up. 
The website address is www.oldparkhotel.com, and again, old with an E on it. We also have a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter page, and there's a lot of information out there. We also have a YouTube channel called Strange Chronicles. We put a lot of evidence from the hotel. We put clips from our ghost tours, various things. Any evidence that we gather goes up on that channel. So a lot of people can find a lot of information. Awesome, Dad. So everybody, if you would, uh, help out with the old park, you know, and you can help also by purchasing some of these books and uh, reading them and, and learning about the old park and learning about the history because that's really what it's all about. And, and Dan's really a great writer. He's a phenomenal uh, paranormal investigator. I've worked with him. I've known him for years and years and years. So, uh, you know, if y'all would do that, help him out a little bit, and uh, that way we can get this beautiful hotel back up to its incredible sparkling shining self that it once was and it's on its well it's it's well on its way there right now uh they yeah, doing a great wanted, job i just real quick want to reiterate eddie um just to let everybody know all the money that we make from everything including our halloween haunted house that we do in there um goes back into the hotel so again everyone that comes anybody that donates anybody that pays for anything in the hotel they're they're paying to restore this building they're helping us they're helping history exactly very awesome history is it's very important to to keep history you know flowing you know uh, please god value history that that's going to be my 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 uh my final thought as jerry springer would say every week i i have to do a final thought and that that's going to be mine this week please Keep history alive, you know. Don't don't kill off all these old buildings, these beautiful buildings. And if you find something old in your attic, don't just throw it in the garbage. You know, sometimes there's some good stuff there. Yeah, there really is. And to give everybody a quick heads up, next Thursday, next Thursday on Paranormal Analytical, we'll be doing our conspiracy theory, and Dylan will be trying his hardest to debunk the rendlesham forest i don't need incident. i don't need to debunk it all right it's so obvious it's, it's not so obvious, obvious. Oh, it's so i'm gonna obvious. fight you on this one tooth and nail next week you know i Listen, am you know we need to do an anunnaki episode soon too because we will kill each other i, I will we'll kill, kill you i will kill you i know i know okay. you're better aimed than i am you and, gotta tie an arm back <laughs> and speaking of anunnaki everybody one last thing we will be filming uh the sizzle reel for anunnaki starting on the fourth and uh it's going to be very interesting we're right now casting for it and uh we've got everything set up we're doing locations and getting all that set up and i mean that's why i'm so tired today i've, I've been up for forever i don't think i've slept yet you know for very long but uh it's uh it's going to be great we're going to be doing that so if you know anybody within the san antonio area that can possibly cast for the part please get a hold of miguel Cantu with alter vision studios and uh he's going to be uh trying to get everything together for everybody so that we can actually make this a go and have the sizzle reel up and ready but uh don't forget next thursday conspiracy theory we're battling it out against the uh, rendlesham forest and dylan okay so it's going to be good so anyway, y'all take care, and we appreciate it. And once again, from all of us here at Paranormal Analytical, we'd like to thank you for joining us. It's been great. Dan LaFave, everybody, with the Old Park Hotel, thank you so much for being with us, buddy. It's been awesome. And uh, Dylan great, Holiday, our, my co-host, and uh, Renee Rodriguez, wherever you may be out in Cyberland. 
We appreciate it. So uh, you all take care, and we shall talk to you all later. Dad, don't go anywhere. We'll be talking after all this great music plays. Sound good.